Welcome back to our fourth and final episode of the Happy Clients Podcast Agency Spotlight Series. We've had so much fun interviewing amazing agency owners and really pulling back the curtain into what they're doing inside of their agency and really asking questions about how they started and what they do on a daily basis. And I'm excited to dig into our final episode. If you haven't already, make sure you start at episode one, listen to these amazing agency owners, but let's get into our last final episode and introduce you to these amazing agency owners. The first agency owner who I'm so excited to introduce you to is Francesca from FMN Creative. So at FMN Creative, they are a full service social media agency really focused on amplifying your brand's message, connecting with your online audience, and really turning your digital presence into a lead generation machine. I love Francesca's story of how she got started, and I'm excited for you to learn from her. So without further ado, let's meet Francesca. I want to hear all about you, your agency, and how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Francesca or Samarso, and I'm the owner of FM and Creative. We're a full service social media agency located in upstate New York, and we specialize in turning clicks into customers through effective social media management and advertising. I love it. What a cool tagline. So how did you get here? How did you become an agency owner? Like it's such it's a huge here. thing to take on. It has been a journey for sure. I'll kind of jump back to my earlier story and just tell you how this all unfolded because it's one of those serendipity things that you never expected to get here. It was somehow this fell into my lap and I discovered it more than it found me more than I chased it. Put it that way. That's right. Wow. So it's a very, it's a great journey. So basically growing up, I was really musically inclined and wanted to go into music and songwriting and, and be behind the people who are on the stage essentially and write songs <laughs> and every music opportunity I've ever had led to doing marketing. So it was really wild that throughout my schooling, even music classes and majoring in certain things like that, I always did the marketing. So at the end of my schooling, I really had to make this decision of what am I going to do next? Am I going to you know, move to Nashville and go sleep on somebody's couch and write songs? <laughs> or am I going to give this marketing thing a shot? And it was one of those things where my curiosity met my passion and I went towards marketing and right out of college started freelancing as a copywriter and social media manager. And at the same time, got hired at a full service marketing agency that was traditionally focused in my local area here in upstate New York. And the funny thing is I was hired to do the work, like the digital social media work and help them transition. And they never got the work. So while they were struggling to get the work, my freelance business was booming. Wow. And about four to six months in, I made the decision to quit and go full time into whatever this was going to be. Wow. What a huge jump, hey? Like, but I guess it's not huge because your freelance was growing, but it's kind of crazy how your life just led you to this path. Yeah. I like cried on the couch for a week and was like, you know what, this, let's, what do I have to lose? Like there's nothing to lose. So it was amazing because really fortunate that one job led to another job, which led to another referral and things like that. And about a few months in, by this time, this was like February of 2016. I'm like, I have to legalize this where I'm working full time in this business for myself. I need a DBA. I need something. So I got the DBA as FMN Creative and started, I, I got introduced to an incubator, a business incubator here in, in Utica, New York called Incubator. And I was one of the first classes, part of the first little circle of tribe of people to go through there and ended up meeting with mentors and people throughout that experience. And they really sat me down and they're like, you're one person doing the work of a team. So do you have to make this decision in order to brand yourself? Do you want to be an individual or do you want to build a team and grow an agency? And I'm like, oh, I really think I want an agency because I know this is bigger than just me, you know? And um, fortunate enough, later that year, got an LLC and really formalized this. And I'm telling you, it's been a godsend. It's one thing after another. And uh, we really started doing a lot of partnerships. So for agencies, again, that's how I've met some of these people in the industry too, is we've been their outsourced social media team. So people who have agencies, maybe they specialize in branding or maybe they specialize in traditional marketing, but they needed a social and digital marketing partner. That's when they've really called upon us. 
And it's been great because we've been able to learn from those people and learn to see how they run their agencies and how their client communications look. And at the same time, grow our existing client base. So we were really an agency for agencies for a long time. And then I just randomly had some clients on my own. And over the years, we've really transitioned to really be more front-facing, that we're really going after a lot of the work ourselves. Through that experience, here I started doing music. Now we're like really specialized in social. It's it's crazy. Wow. That's so cool that you were like, you started with partnering with agencies because that's what we do too. We work with agencies and we're their outsourced client account managers and similar with you being the outsourced social media, which is cool. I didn't realize that. So what are some of the services that you're doing now for your clients? So obviously social media, but what does that kind of look like in terms of the detailed things that you're doing? Sure. It's amazing. I'll say what gets you here isn't what keeps you here. And you probably have seen that in your business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that line though. Basically, like we started, when I first started this, again, 2015, 2016, it was day-to-day social media management. It was posting on Twitter, posting on Facebook, and that moved the needle. That was enough. And as social media, as that landscape has changed through the years, it became pay to play. I was caught in a position where I was just this girl working out of my bedroom, trying to (laughs) run social media, literally for a bunch of startups that I was working with. And I had a proven ROI. At the time, fortunately, Facebook advertising had emerged. I really became very specialized in social media advertising and lead gen. And realized that we really had to prove our worth and not only specialize at what comes in a news feed, but everything that comes behind it. So if you look at our services now, when I say full service social, it's social media management, advertising, strategy, consulting, and training. But it's also, hey, you need a social media campaign. How's your landing page? How's your funnel? How is the build out? How is your branding? And what's nice is we've been able to, you know, really stay rooted in social, but flip the switch and then partner with the agencies that we worked with initially. So we need branding. Great. We have a great branding agency that we work with. Let's bring them in. Great. We have a great web company that we use. It's been nice because we've been able to really build a team of specialists, not generalists. Yeah. Yeah. And you're full service. You're that full strategy, which I think a lot of places are missing. You know, they're not thinking full picture. They're just thinking... I'm just going to do Facebook ads or I'm just going to do social media posts. And it's missing that whole picture, which is amazing that that's what you do. We're trying to do. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. So what does your team look like? What team members do you have? What roles do you have? How do you find kind of the structure of your agency? So right now we're in the process of growing. Right now we're a team of three, like at FMN, myself included. We have a digital strategist and then day-to-day social media manager, myself as well on top of that. So I do strategy, I do a little bit of everything and try to delineate from there. But we also have a bunch of contractors and like I said, agency partners that we work with as well. But really our goal for 2022 is to build more in-house because our volume is getting to the point where we have so much coming in that there's just not enough hands on deck internally. It's a great problem to have. Great problem to have. That's awesome. Who's your next hire going to be in your agency? I really think as much as we have these amazing partnerships with the agencies, we still need somebody in-house that does kind of a utility player, but has more specialized skill sets in uh, graphic design because there's so much that we do that really needs that artistic vision that people like me who are writers by trade just i don't have (laughs) right Right. you need the yin to your yang as i said yes exactly so i think somebody who can help work alongside us get that artistic vision going and then start to build it out so we don't have to utilize as much outsourced team members as we do would be a dream yeah that's exciting oh 2022 is going to be your year 2022, for sure. I think it's amazing how looking back at this and this opportunity allows you to do that. What I dreamt about doing five years ago looks nothing like what it is. It's even more. It's different. I can't even explain it. Yeah. What was that spark that kept you going as an entrepreneur? Like, was it, you know, some people are like the time freedom or the work from home or like, what was that thing that kept you going? That was like, that is so funny because when I first started this, I'm like, I just want time. I'm going to do this. And then on the side, I'm going to do music. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think it was just the freedom to follow my intuition and follow what I'm passionate about and work with utilizing social media to make a social impact. Because so much of what I saw when I was 
in traditional agency world was just working for any client that came through, just kind of putting the bandaid on and keeping the client happy. It wasn't really working with them to say, okay, what keeps you up at night? How can we creatively work to solve that for you? And I think that was something that really kept me intrigued. And I think every day, just no two days are the same. Even though we do what we do, we work with just such a variety of clients that it changes on the daily of what they need from us. You know, we do social, but like I said, everything that's behind it looks different for every client. Yeah. And I'm sure you see that in your agency as well. Yeah. And that's the best part of being your own quote boss is that you do get to call the shots and you do get to structure your business the way you want. And that's the blessing of it, right? We deserve that. <laughs> yeah. And they can build it. You know, it's, it, I call this whole thing like baptism by fire. <laughs> we literally have like learned and tweaked and then used customer feedback to like continuously improve it because social media is changing daily. And I realized that our agency model has to be flexible enough to grow with that. So yeah, interesting. Definitely keeps you on your toes for sure. Yeah. So speaking of which, what is next for you and your business? There's a lot. I think through the years, you know, I really loved working with nonprofits, which is interesting because it was like nothing that I started with. <laughs> loved working with nonprofits and really helping them work on their mission and using social like to really just have a direct impact on that. I think what we're going to be focusing on is utilizing our certifications. Like through the years, I became a woman-owned uh, business certified at like the state and federal level. So finding opportunities to use that and work with more nonprofits would be huge. And also more of the education piece. We love like the training aspect as well. You know, we're to the point now where we're scaling certain services using Asana and different tools that I'd love to pick your brain about. Yeah. But I think what's next for us is going to be, we have what's called the Social Strategy Academy. And what we're trying to do in the past, pre-COVID, we would do these events in person and have 50 people in a room, all business owners, and train them on hashtags or whatever the topic was. But what we're going to be exploring for next year is finding ways to leverage online and courses. We work with a ton of course creators, so creating a course for us would be the dream. That's exciting. Well, okay. Tell our audience where we can find more about you and your business and, and learn more about FMN Creative. Yes, absolutely. So if you go to www.fmncreative.com, you'll find our website. And from there, you could find our Facebook, our Instagram, all of our handles are at FMN Creative and feel free to reach out. That'd be great. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Happy to. The second amazing agency owner that I'm going to introduce you to is Chelsea from Volume Media. So they are a digital marketing full service agency. They specialize in lead gen, e-com, app campaigns, and their goal is to boost their clients' revenue online. And they have a really unique way of working with their clients and they have a really unique industry that they work inside. So I'm excited for you to see how Chelsea's really pivoted her agency and is working specifically in a very niche market. So let's meet Chelsea. Why don't you get started? Tell us all about your agency and how you got started. Sure. The agency is called Volume Media. We're based out of Toronto, Canada. We really got started. I was actually working at Google as an account strategist for agencies in the UK. So I was having phone calls all the time with different agencies in the UK, and I was consulting them on how to improve their accounts. And I didn't always feel like they had the best intentions all the time. And, and I really just love the whole aspect of consulting and really diving deep into accounts and really seeing the, the positive changes in the businesses. I decided that I didn't want to do really consulting with Google Ads anymore with internal things. So after working with a few agencies, I reached out and asked if they would want to have me come on board so I can get to know the agency world a little bit better. And that did work out well. So I worked with a few different agencies in Europe. And then I eventually decided with a partner of mine that we wanted to start our own agency, which was at first going to be just Google ads specific because that was what we were most familiar with. But then we decided to branch out for businesses. You can't just offer kind of one service because so many things go hand in hand together. So we decided to branch out and Blue Media today is really, it's me and a team. We do mostly Google ads, but we do offer as well 
Facebook advertising, any kind of PPC as well. So Bing advertising. And since the pandemic actually hit is when we've niched and focused into senior care businesses, mostly in North America, but we can service any kind of senior care company. And that really encompasses building landing pages, just lead generation to get new clients. Because when the pandemic hit, it was crazy for the senior care business. And it was really important to help people who were in need and were isolated at home. And then there were so many issues with care homes all over the country. So that's been our focus for the last couple of years and we've loved it. So that's where we are today. That's amazing. And how did you get into that niche? Was there someone that you knew that worked in that space or how did you go down that path? Yeah. So actually an agency that I had worked with in the UK, we had five different senior care clients and they all did in-home care. Some were franchises, some were just in-home care, standalone companies, some were national and some were a lot smaller as well. So I had a lot of experience working within that niche and we saw some really incredible results just with what we did over the past five years of working with these clients. When the pandemic hit, I realized that there was a lot going on with the care home industry and I really just wanted to help all of these new businesses that were starting because there were a lot of new senior care businesses that started due to the pandemic as well. So I wanted to help them and really jumpstart that process. So that's the kind of experience that I had had beforehand. And then just with the pandemic, we decided to just fully focus on that. That's amazing. That's so cool. And so tell us a little bit about your team. So your team is based in Canada and you're remote. So tell us who's on the team and how you've kind of structured that. Yeah. So I've always wanted a remote team, even before the pandemic hit. I personally love being able to work from anywhere, being able to work from a cafe or If you want to go on holidays, you can, of course, ideally not work on holiday, but if you want to go somewhere and, you know, do like a workcation or whatever, or just work from home. And I have a dog who's very needy. So I've always loved being with her. So yeah, I've always wanted a remote team. The team consists of five of us at the moment. So we are a smaller team, but we're definitely growing, which is so exciting. So we've got my fiance, Yannick, who helps a lot with the Facebook advertising. He's incredible with it. And it's really nice that we were able to merge a little bit because we work in the same online marketing industry. Then we've got Verna. She's our digital marketing manager. So she deals with the the day-to-day stuff. So really the management of everything that's going on, speaking with clients and speaking with the rest of the team. And then we've got media buyers, Winnie. She's fantastic. She's also based in Canada, as well as Verna, based in Canada. And Catherine is also based in Canada. She's our junior media buyer. She's still a student. So she loves being able to really get to know digital marketing firsthand because it's very different when you learn in school versus when you actually are doing it, working with clients, working in accounts. So she's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's awesome. And then we have Daniel, who's also a student and he's great. He's also in Canada, but he's from Colombia. So he just loves learning about all of this stuff. And he does most of our kind of social media and all of that work. So awesome. yeah, that's the team. Cool. So obviously a remote team, lots of team members. What are the tools that you're using inside your agency? The main one is ClickUp. Okay. It's our Bible essentially. And I love it because it has so many different automations to really streamline processes. And that's the most important thing. So of course, working with the senior care niche, we have processes that work. And we just systematize them. And the system makes it perfect just to kind of streamline that whole process of when things need to be done, how they need to be done. So many great tools within ClickUp. So that's the main one that we use just to make sure that the day-to-day things are getting done. We also have just started using this new program called Morpheo, and it's one where we can really track KPIs, and it also sends us notifications if there's any issues going on in accounts. So each account, we have KPIs. So there's CTRs that we want to be hitting, and there's conversion goals and revenue goals that we want to be hitting. So we put that in the system. 
the system is always checking it and then sending us messages to let us know, okay, this one's a little bit off. This one's doing well, but we often don't look at the ones that are super well. We just look at the ones that are doing a little bit off KPIs mm-hmm. negatively because of course we just want to be making sure that everything is going um, smooth. But that being said, most of the notifications that we get are obviously you know, the KPIs are a little bit off. So yeah, other than that, we also use Slack to communicate because I don't want any kind of communicating over text or over anything that's personal because I, even though we are a remote team, I want that kind of nine to five, Monday to Friday. I don't want any weekend stuff, any before, after hours, anything like that. So I still think that's really important to keep as is, even though we're all working from home. So Slack is the big one for us there. Other than that, we use so much of Google, like Gmail, Google Docs. It's incredible what you can do with all of those systems. Those are the kind of main ones. That's cool. We'll have to look into that KPI tracker. That's really Yeah, cool. it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. So what's next for your agency moving into the new year? What are you working towards? What are your goals? Yes. What we're actually working towards right now is a DIY course for senior care businesses. So like I said, because of the pandemic, a lot of these businesses started because they realized there was a need to help seniors. So a lot of the time, of course, when you're starting a business, you don't have huge marketing budgets to pay for agencies to handle the whole process. So what we want to do is create a course that it's a one-time purchase and it just has everything in there for you to do it yourself. And we also offer them uh, monthly support if you wanted to join that as well. And then, of course, our done-for-you package, which is us doing everything for you. So building landing pages, building the campaigns, running the campaigns, making sure everything's going smoothly. And also that includes a CRM that has all of your information in it. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of businesses are missing. It's just this kind of customer relationship management platform where you can actually see what's going on. And then you know exactly where your money's going. And I think that's lost a lot of the time. And that's where things can get difficult when you're doing marketing and spending money to do advertising. Because if you don't actually know what is coming in and what your efforts are doing, then it's a waste of money, right? So yeah, that's one of the things that we noticed was super, super important. So lots of things going on. We really just want to focus on this niche as best as we can and support them as best as we can. And we know that there's so many different senior care businesses and so many big ones and small ones. So supporting each one at their specific level is going to be our focus. I love it. That's so exciting. I love to hear the DIY course because I think a lot of people who work in this niche, even if they're a marketing manager working in a senior care home, they may not know where to start. They may not know what to do and they might just be second guessing everything they're doing. So that's a really cool approach. Absolutely. And Yeah. And these people, I mean, they're business owners, which is fantastic, but they also have a passion for seniors and helping seniors. And it's such an important thing to do. So that just makes us happy that we can help them grow and continue to do that. So it's great for us as well. Yeah. Awesome. And oh, also, where can people find you, Chelsea, and learn more about your agency and your course? Um, Balloonmedia.com has everything about the agency. We do, of course, work with various different accounts, mostly Google ads, if anyone is interested in that, mostly e-commerce and lead generation. And if you go to SeniorCareMarketing.com, that's where you can get more information about everything to do with senior care marketing. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on the podcast. Can't wait to see what you do next year and beyond. Absolutely. Thank you. Our third guest on this episode of the Agency Spotlight series is Arlie from The Agency Inc., a fellow Canadian, so I loved our conversation. And they focus in strategic communications, marketing, and PR. So it's not every day we really get to dig into the PR side of things. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So let's get into it. So Arlie, welcome to the Happy Clients podcast. I'm so excited to dig in and learn about your agency and you and how everything got started. But why don't you start and fill us in on who you are and how you became the successful agency owner? Ah, I still, (laughs) imposter syndrome is a real thing. I still struggle with that, but I'm becoming more comfortable with it. How did I get started? Let's see. 
so I actually started university. I always knew I wanted to do some kind of career in storytelling, taking journalism at Carleton. And while I really liked the storytelling aspect of it, I realized that I didn't want to be a, a hard news journalist and write about politics. And I don't get me wrong, I like a good debate, but it just wasn't where my heart lay. So after my first year, I sort of started to look around and go, okay, is there for a career path that isn't quite journalism, but is adjacent? And the University of Ottawa at the time had a phenomenal communications program, and I just happened to stumble upon it. One of the tracks was business communications and, and whatnot. So I was like, oh, what is this thing called public relations? I'm quite intrigued by it. So I transferred and I really haven't looked back since then. I steadily grew my career in PR. I, I started working in Whistler, where I got to do all kinds of incredible PR with international outlets, everyone from CNN to MTV Brazil to the BBC. Actually, my Google Photos reminded me of a, a shoot we did with the Today Show Australia from the top, live from the top of Whistler Mountain. Yeah, which was really cool. And so it kind of just blossomed from there. I always knew I wanted to get some international experience and live somewhere else in the world. So my husband and I, after spending four and a half years in Whistler, we got married. And we'd been planning for the year prior and we sold everything we owned and we moved to London, England with four suitcases and a bet of who would get the first job. I won. Um, <laughs> I got a short contract at a, a London PR agency just to get some UK experience on my resume. And then I, I moved into heading up the PR for Virgin Holidays, which I did for just over a year. And then I got what at the time was my dream job with a, a company called Read Exhibitions. And there, I got to build a global PR program and communications program, and I headed up the PR for one of their industry trade shows that was attended by 50,000 people from around the world. Yeah, it's called World Travel Market. It still goes on today, and it's pretty cool. We had five main tracks, and one of the tracks to the conference was technology. And my technology PR expert, who was a consultant who reported into me, managed all of that. And I found myself always asking her questions about it and being like, well, so what's this? It's so fascinating. What's this? What's that? <laughs> and as happens, life kind of throws wrenches in your way. The path is never straight. So my mom had some pretty serious health issues and I had to fly home very unexpectedly. And when I got back, my husband and I started talking about kind of like, London, we knew wasn't our forever place. And it took me my, my direct flight got canceled. It took me two days to get home by the time I rebooked my flight and was rooted through Vancouver. And it, it just made us realize how far away we were. So we moved back to Calgary in 2009, the very beginning of 2009. And I was kind of like, okay, I, I don't want to work in oil and gas. And not that there's anything wrong with it. I have a lot of um, family that have built careers in it. It just was never something that I was passionate about. So I started to look for jobs and I kind of always had the thinking in the back of my head that I wanted to do my own thing. And what really cemented it, which I'm sure a lot of young women can sympathize with this, was I went for an interview that was a baby version of the job I'd been doing in London. And I was mansplained and talked at for 15 minutes by a 40-something-year-old white man who basically told me all the reasons why I couldn't do the job in 15 minutes. Oh and I was gosh. like a cartoon. I, I'm sure like the red just rising up and steam maybe started coming out of my ears. I kept it together. I politely thanked <laughs> him and said I didn't think I was the right fit. I came home and then all the steam came out. <laughs> and, and my husband and my mom were like, well, you've always wanted to start your own thing. Why don't you go for it? And so I hung up my sign as the agency and my motto at that time was like, well, if this doesn't work, I'll just go get a job and it'll be 13 years in March, on March 30th, actually. Wow. Congratulations. And I haven't had to get a job. <laughs> you give other people jobs now, which is so I cool. Do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I'm really fortunate that I've got to work with some amazing colleagues and employees and team members over the years and amazing clients. And I think we've got a pretty phenomenal team. And, and I think what we really are proud of is, is we've built a really phenomenal culture and we really support each other. And so 
yeah, it's pretty exciting. And we focus on technology and innovation and the, the kinds of things we get to learn about and the kinds of things that we get to help our clients with are really fascinating. We're pretty much primarily B2B. Um, we do a little bit of B2B2C work, but as we joke with folks that we know, just stakeholders and, and people in the industry, we're like, if you want to open a restaurant, don't call us to do your marketing and PR. We'll come and we'll eat your food and we'll drink your wine. And you know, if you do a good job, we'll tell all our friends and family to go there, but we're not your people. However, if you, you know, want to penetrate the ag industry, call us because we're pretty good at that. Nice. Um, so let's yeah. dig into what you and your team specialize in. And mm-hmm. the name is the agency Inc., right? Yes. So we just go by the agency. The agency. Um, I love it. The agency. The agency. (laughs) And there's a fun story about that too. I have to give full credit to my mom. So I went around after they were like, why don't you just do it? Okay, I'm going to do it. And in the week while I was working with a lawyer and getting incorporated and whatnot, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it. I kept saying, what do I call the agency? What do I call it? What do I call the agency? What do I call the agency? And my mom finally one day was like, why don't you just call it the agency? (laughs) Oh, okay, sure. I hadn't thought about that. That's kind of brilliant. So that's how we got our name. So we specialize in strategic communications. And what we're really good at is really getting under the skin of what it is that our clients are looking to do, who they're looking to get in front of, and what they want to achieve. We really, what we say is we help you tell the right story to the right people on the right channels. And the tactics are the tactics that we execute on both the marketing and the PR side. So my background is in PR. So we, we really built from a foundation of PR. And over the years, we've added more bench strength on the marketing side. And now, I guess I would say we're a full service agency. We do PR, we do marketing. We have a couple of our team members who are experts on the sales side and that life cycle of lead to loyalty and how you really attract customers at the top of the funnel and then keep their interest with PR and then keep their interest with marketing and then convert them through sales. We've also been building out our creative team. We've got a brilliant editor-in-chief who she's written her own books. She's ghost-written books. She wrote a couple seasons of Survivor and the Amazing Race working for NBC television. And she's so humble and modest about it. And we'll be sitting, you know, just around in a meeting and, and suddenly she'll be like, oh yeah, when I was writing that stuff for Microsoft, <laughs> you're just like, really? And it's like, she's not bragging. She's just very matter of fact about it. Mm, that kind of reminds me. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what a great it team. It is amazing. I know. Yeah. What a great team. I mean, you hear it over and over again. People say, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And that's what I've tried to do. We really help people at that scaling point where they're about to do really big, great things. We love the startup space and we're always happy to go for coffee with startups and, you know, have a Zoom with them, give them advice, tell them how they can bootstrap and and start in marketing and PR themselves. Um, but we really are, are, are good at that, that scaling inflection point where it's like, okay, how do we come in and roll up your sleeves and really help you get at the heart of, of who you need to talk to and what that story is? And once we get that, then it's, okay, now let's work together and figure out what we execute for you, what you execute and how we go from there. That's amazing. So if there's B2B businesses out there, or maybe agencies listening who need PR support and this full service stack, where can people get in touch with you and your team and, and get your support? Yeah, we're pretty active on LinkedIn. So we always recommend following us because we keep a good pulse on what we're doing and what's going on there. The other way is through our website, which is theagencyinc.ca. And we've got a contact us button, info at theagencyinc.ca. It goes directly to myself, Jamie and Sean. So you get one of the three of us will respond. And yeah, we take it from there. And and we love to, because as we've grown and scaled over the years, we've worked with customers in the US, we're in chat to start doing some work back in the UK. And we really have clients coast to coast, which is awesome. Yeah. We love that's it. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually flying out to Halifax in a few weeks. Oh, no um, way. Yeah. So I'll 
I'll, yeah. you'll give a, have to give us some tips. Um, yes, you let me know wherever you want to eat. I will tell you. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, we're big foodies, as as I insinuated with the restaurant side. We really yeah. do. We're quite discerning about our food. <laughs> yeah. Not in terms of it has to be fancy. It just has to be good. Yeah, I can give you some good recommendations because I'm also in a foodie camp yes don't worry okay perfect Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) well thank you so much Arlie for coming on the podcast it was so great to learn about your story and how you got here 13 years later um lucky 13 yeah exactly yes this is your year right (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for coming on and we'll be in touch sounds good thanks Taylor okay Another amazing agency owner who is featured here on the Agency Spotlight series is Melanie Asher from Ormacle. They have a really unique way of growing their clients through really delivering that brand clarity alongside their marketing strategy and operational efficiencies. Hello, what every business needs. So I really love this conversation I had with Melanie. She has a really unique approach to how she manages her clients and how she gets them really amazing results. So I think you're going to get something really valuable out of this conversation with Melanie. So let me introduce you to her. So welcome, Melanie, to the Happy Clients Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and we finally got to connect. I am so happy to be here, Taylor. I listen to your podcast regularly and it's exciting to finally be a part of it. Yay. That's amazing. Well, hopefully you get lots of value from the podcast and I'm sure you're going to drop some value for our audience as well. So why don't you introduce yourself, Melanie, and tell us a little bit about your agency? Sure. My name is Melanie Asher and I am the president and founder of Omicle and we deliver brand clarity, marketing strategy, and operational efficiency to prepare leaders to scale their business. The primary way that we do this is from a fractional CMO position, working with organizations between uh, one and 10 million. We do work outside of that range, but that's kind of seems to be our sweet spot. And lately we've been doing a lot of work with nonprofits and we go in on that fractional role and we function as a CMO would within an organization developing strategy, executing the marketing, revamping the operations of the organization, and just to kind of streamline and actually have them on a path. That's amazing. So what are some examples of types of clients that you may work with? Lately, I've been working a lot with nonprofits Mm. and that kind of sweet spot of one to 10 million. Normally when clients come to me, it's because they've hit a plateau And they have tried everything they know how to do, but they know they need that extra oomph to take it to the next level or to scale up and hit a different market or generate different results because nothing they're doing is currently working. Hmm. That's usually where I'm brought in and we start asking some of the hard questions. What has worked? What hasn't worked? Where do you feel you're stuck? And then we do an audit. And in that audit, we look at client experience, we look at marketing operations, we look at overall strategy, and we even tie in a lot of digital marketing, including some SEO and what is the customer flow throughout the different markets. Wow. I love that you do fractional CMO because there's so many businesses out there who just not even that can't afford it, but maybe just don't know how to build a marketing team. So like you come in and you're basically like, take a slice of this brilliant marketing team and put it into your business on a fractional basis. I think that's really cool. So speaking of which, tell me a little bit about what the team looks like and kind of what the functions are inside of the agency. I am the primary person who engages with all the clients right now. Uh, And then I have a team of about five subcontractors that I pull in on an as-needed basis. My goal is to grow and uh, leverage the account executives like I know Dot does. And that's why, you know, I follow Dot so closely. It's like, okay, this is the goal to get to. Yeah. (laughs) And from there have a bigger team of subcontractors that specialize in different areas This way, as I work with clients on different areas, I can bring in experts in those particular areas 
and then have somebody from an overall account perspective or functioning as the fractional CMO say, okay, here are the four pieces of the pie. Here's how they're connected. Here's what we do moving forward. Mm. I love pulling in specialists in different areas. And of course, like we do, we specialize in account management, but when we're working in agencies and they might pull in a copywriter who is like so good on five hours, for example, and can do just as good of a job as somebody full-time. So I love that you do that. And I think it's such an important piece of our marketing agency world is being able to actually pull in these people and find the best resources for your clients, which is key. And to build off of that, I love working with specialists and where Omicle is different from other organizations is we see how the different pieces go together. Having one really successful landing page is not going to make the difference in whether your business succeeds or fails. If you don't have the support internally to handle that, and to capture those leads and to follow up, it could overwhelm you and actually cause you to go out of business. So it's about how are these different pieces connected and how do they strengthen or cause problems for other areas? And that's actually our sweet spot is the integration and how these different pieces of marketing come together. Love it. So smart. And you're right. Like one thing on its own, is going to do nothing. It's the entire pie that pulls everything together. I love that. So what are, what are some of the things that you're using internally, Melanie, to manage projects, keep your clients on track? What are some of the tools? Love ClickUp. ClickUp is my favorite. I know you guys prefer Asana and I looked at it and I'm like, uh, I need a little bit more oomph than what Asana offers. And I used Upsado in the past, but I'm really loving ClickUp. That's my primary tool. I use a tool called Better Proposals for my proposals, and I use HubSpot for my lead gen and my lead tracking. Those are my primary tools that I use. I've actually heard a lot of people lately moving over to ClickUp, which is interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. I know a lot of our client account managers use it as well, so that's awesome. And so when you're working as a CMO, fractional CMO inside of these agencies, are you bringing in any of these tools into their business or are you using what they already have? It depends on the client. For some clients, I do bring in these tools. In other situations, it's okay, you have the right tools. They're just not set up correctly. Mm. So it's a matter of, we need to know where they are. And that's another challenge I found with clients. And usually why I'm referred is they work with a previous provider and the provider says, you have to use software X the only thing on the market. It's the best. It's the brilliant. When in reality, it's the only one that they know. And it doesn't take into account what are the client's needs, what are the client's goals, and what is the client's usability of the tool. And so we start there first. And I'll usually do an audit and say, okay, based on the needs that we've identified and what I've observed of how you work, here are a few tools to consider. And then we implement whatever that tool is. In some cases, I have implemented ClickUp. In other cases, I've implemented Asana for them. Uh, It depends on the client and their needs. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine some of these bigger organizations might already have something in place or something old school that maybe isn't working well. So those are going to look different probably than the smaller uh, clients. Exactly. I was working with one client and they had a system that they had long outgrown. They knew they had outgrown it. It was their CRM. And so they were basically making it work because they didn't know how to select a new tool or what their new tool should be. So doing something as simple as AB email testing, I kid you not, took three hours and four people to accomplish. Wow. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's not even an option. (laughs) We fix that. And Mm -hmm. we need to fix that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's those small things that people don't realize, right? They're just continuing on their path. And maybe it's something that they've always done. And the thought of even trying to implement something new is overwhelming. So that's when you come in. 
Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I had a so, meeting the other day and the gentleman I was meeting with, he goes, so you're the visionary for visionaries, but your magic ability is you're grounded and actually can execute it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. yes, that's exactly <laughs> how to describe it. Because usually visionaries get stuck up in the visionary realm of their final vision and the tactical execution is not their strength. Right. Tapping in professionals is key. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. So when it comes to client management, do you have any best practices of how you like to approach your client management or anything like that? Uh, I stay very, very in touch with them on a regular basis. And that's one of the very first questions I ask. And I don't remember if I got that from your uh, your package that you offer, because I took the dot recommended surveys and onboarding, and then I customized it for my business. So I don't remember if I got it from you or if it's something that I started implementing ahead of time, but that's one of the very first questions I ask my client is what is your preferred method of quick communication? Hmm. And if it's email, then I know to watch for their email regularly. If it's text, then great. They have my cell phone number and they know that they can text anytime. I will get back to that. And then I have a few other options that are set up for different clients, different preferences and so forth. And then also I've leveraged the Dot & Co survey follow-up on the two week. And then I don't do it monthly just because of how hands-on and how regularly I communicate with my clients. And the feedback I receive is it was too often. Mm. So I do it quarterly. That way That's it's awesome. enough for them to have results, have a touch point, but yet not so often that they're like, okay, stop talking to me. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. I love that. Like taking the feedback from your clients and implementing it is the most important, which is fabulous. So what is next for, for you and the agency? Where are you going? I know you said you're growing, but where are you going in the next year? I am in the process of scaling my organization up as well. And I've been building out my operation so I can bring on more of a team and build out the, the subs that I'm regularly working with and hoping oh. to bring to double my clientele within the next year. That's amazing. I'm sure you will. So many people need your services. Amazing. Well, Melanie, where can people find you and learn more about your business and get in touch? You can find more out about Amical at amical.com. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. So do the normal LinkedIn and then forward slash Amical. O-M-I-C-L-E. I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, one last question. Where did you get the name from? Ah, so the time that I started my business was early 2000s. And at the time, the branding trend was to name any version of marketing after, like Flash was a huge software at the time. So anything around Flash or Pinnacle or anything along those lines. And I'm like, that just does not feel right. I wanted something that captured the meaning of how I interacted with my clients. And so doing research upon research upon research, Amical is a Phoenician goddess, not a Venetian, a Phoenician with a PH. And it has a parallel meaning to the Phoenix, meaning circle of life. Cool. And that's how I work with my clients is in understanding that it is all connected and how do we leverage one area of a business to strengthen another and grow and profit. That's so cool. I always love to ask people how they got their business names because it's usually so unique. And I've learned uh, what's interesting is in the early days, I've actually had people pull me aside and privately go, you need to change your business name. It's not acceptable. And I'm like, really? Why is that? And they're like, well, it's just not acceptable. You need to do something like Pinnacle or Solutions. And what I found over the years is it is a great strategy for weeding out the wrong clients. If you don't like the name, 
you won't be a good client. Right. And same thing with my primary color is purple. If you don't like purple, you know, that color was chosen intentionally because of the psychological effects that it has on people. If you don't like purple, again, you're also not going to end up being a good client. And so it's like, great. It's a pre-screening and it reduces the amount of work I have to do in finding out if someone's qualified or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. It's so true, right? Like the more pre-screening you can put in place, the better. Exactly. And that's probably something you didn't realize at the time, but now it's like, okay. (laughs) At the time, no, it was not something that I had gone into it with. But having learned that and why it works, I'm able to take that know-how and apply it to the work that I do with my clients in their positioning and in their strategy. Love it. (laughs) And now I notice all the purple in your rooms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I I love that from clients if they don't see purple somewhere. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Purple. purple. Purple hair for seven years. And during that time, it was done very very classy. So if in regular lighting, you actually couldn't see it, you could only see it when I was in front of, or in natural sunlight. So I would have clients come up, where's your purple hair? And I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So yes, (laughs) it's the key brand element that my market tends to gravitate towards. Amazing. That's so cool. (laughs) Yes. Purple for life. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for coming on. And I'm sure lots of people will be interested in reaching out and learning more about you. Already. Thank you so much, Taylor. Our last agency owner on today's episode of the Agency Spotlight series is Andre Savoie. Andre is from High Level Thinkers. They are digital marketers where they focus on a very unique niche that I think you will learn a lot from. So I'm excited for you guys to meet Andre and wrapping up this final episode of the Agency Spotlight series. I wanna hear all about your agency and how you got to be an entrepreneur and start this thing. Sure, our agency is called High Level Thinkers and we are pretty close to our 15 years doing this. So it's been a while. And during that time, there's been a lot of evolution of what we did because uh, just the internet has changed so much and the digital consumer habits have changed. So I feel like I've grown up and it. I had been in the mortgage business since I was 20. Right around 2007, I guess, 2006, the, the housing industry in the US really went sideways. And I had been in that business my entire adult life. The, the business had become very much about putting square pegs and round holes. Where in the beginning, we were helping homeowners. And then towards the end, it was just very much about numbers and getting loans closed. And it was very little regard for the consumer. So I had really had enough. And then I had went to college initially to be a writer. Writing was my first passion and journalism. And I had given all that up just because I was good at mortgages and I was making money at it. But it was just really a soul-sucking venture for me. You know, at 35, I was like, I've had enough of this and just walked away. And the internet marketing business was an easy decision for me just because it gave me the opportunity to stretch my creative legs, which I never could do in the mortgage business or real estate for that matter. And so the fun part, is that when I got into digital, I had quite a few clients that I knew from the real estate world, mortgage lenders and people who were in that space who were entrepreneurial, who started other businesses and other things. So that network fueled my initial growth into the business of just having some clients to talk to and people I I could help and work with that I had some specialty in. And even today, we still have probably five or six mortgage clients that we work with just because of my background and our experiences. We talk their language and we know what, what it takes to be successful in that niche. So- Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's so cool that you realized that your passion wasn't in mortgages, but then you still took your passion, spun it around, and now you get to work with those people because you understand it, but you get to flex your creative muscles, which is awesome. And I think we're all just here to, you know, find what makes us happy and puts us in flow and sounds like you're there. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of complaining from agency types about their business or what's going on. And at the root of it, I think they're just unhappy. And I think the unhappiness comes from 
working on something that you don't like. So whether that's a niche you don't like or a service you don't like, like in my case, we got good at mortgages and like it was profitable, but it wasn't fulfilling my, my personal need for anything. For me, as we've evolved our agency, we have continued to not work in niches we don't like and not work with clients we don't like. And we've continued to trim away services we don't like offering because they just don't fit with our core DNA. The more we've done that, the more we've grown and, and the more our clients have stayed the longer times. And it's just been a much more harmonious, like fun, we love Monday. Like we love coming to work on Mondays. So we love our clients. We have a very high retention rate with clients because we want to ultimately just attracting clients that are similar to what we are and that value what we do. And I think that's what it's all about because life's too short to be measurable in your work, especially when you're self-employed and you're choosing it. If I'm the boss, I'm not going to sign up and work with clients or do services that we hate. Like I'm just not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So tell me what your agency is working on, what you specialize in, what services you offer. Give us the whole spiel. It's been 14 years. We've worked in a lot of different niches and verticals and we've honed down. We have a lot of mortgage lending clients that we still have in the books, but our primary focus for new clientele has been jewelers. We found about seven or eight years ago, we started working with jewelers and I walked into this jewelry showroom and I wish my eyes were just like this, like bling, sparkle everywhere. Everybody was in a good mood. Everybody's looking the cases, a smile and they're pinching each other's butts, they're elbowing each other. And I'm like, this is magical, like just being in this jewelry store. And every ring you look at is like prettier than the next. And like, they've got bracelets and necklaces and earrings to go with it. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is so fun. And I met those people and I saw these jewelers have innate desire to make people happy. And they, they have this innate desire to help people make the right choice, to pick the right ring that works for them. This makes me happy. As we looked at it and I, I got home and told my wife, I was like, I'm hooked. And she had been in the jewelry sales business, like in her 20s, she sold jewelry. And she's like, I told you, you were going to like that. What we were talking about, I was like, I just love working with clients that make people happy all day. And we really got behind it. I really got deep into it. And there's some cool things happening in the jewelry business. Instead of having to mine diamonds from the earth, the whole blood diamonds and all that stuff, well, they're now creating diamonds in labs and machines where they can actually create diamonds. And you get like twice as big a diamond for the same money. So it's, they call them created or lab-grown diamonds. And that's been a fun thing to help introduce to the market, to the world like hey get a bigger diamond and you can get even happier so you have a lot of fun stuff happening in there and that business is tends to be a business where consumers will buy from the jeweler that they trust the most in other words gimmicks and sales don't usually work in the jewelry space for long-term clients so it fit our agency persona really well because we were all about content and writing and, and bonding with clients and, and doing that kind of stuff. And those activities work really well in the jewelry space. So that's why for us, it's been just a natural fit. And we've just really enjoyed the clientele that we've had. And this time of year gets pretty busy. I know a lot of agency owners are in the e-com space. So we don't do much e-com, but obviously our jewelers this time of year um, are getting ready to get crazy with, uh, with stuff. So this is a busy time of year for us just working with them. That's awesome. And so when you're working with jewelers, what kind of things are you doing? Lead generation campaigns? Like tell us kind of specifically what you're working on. Yeah, a little bit of everything. At the very highest level, what we're doing is the jewelry space tends to be people who have either been very largely focused on referral marketing. Someone would come in and get a ring and then they would bring their friend or refer somebody. They had that group of jewelers. And then you have jewelers who have been around for a long time, but who are very focused on brand advertising. So a lot of radio and TV advertisers. Right now, there's a big transition need to just get them where they have digital as a core competency. So really what we do for them at, at different levels is help them make the switch into digital in a way that makes sense for them because they're all struggling with it at one point or another. Their most recent client that we signed is one of the first ones that they're a digital only client, but they were had just hit a wall with what they could do. The owner was doing it in-house and frankly, he was doing pretty well, but he's like, I can't, like I've maxed out my personal limit with this and I should be working with clients. He actually hired us to scale him up, but the majority of the clients are not born of a digital mindset. Like they're not e-commerce players that were started in the last five or six years. We've got clients that are third generation jewelers. A lot of it for them is just transition. We wind up helping them with their reputation management, with a lot of content and branding messaging, a lot of Google ads, a lot of social ads, a lot of email marketing. It's all the stuff that's really in our wheelhouse that we're able to help them with. And it just sort of depends on where that client is and the transition that, that which pieces we get involved with and which pieces we help them start doing in-house. Because a lot of the times we'll have somebody come in and they have a person who has some knowledge, but they can't really do as much of it. So we'll maybe help them learn to do certain pieces where they can do those pieces in-house. And that allows us to maybe work a little less on that, work on something else instead. So I like that when we can see them train and learn and adopt some of their own things. Cool. Yeah. So in your agency, obviously you guys have grown over the years. What does your team look like now? How do you have it set up in terms of roles and what kind of works for your team? 
Yeah. So I'm still involved in the day-to-day operations of the agency. We're what I would say a small agency at this point, and it's small by design. Four of us that are US-based that deal directly with clients. I do more of the strategy and management and some of the ad buying. I do a lot of writing. And then our US-based team really keeps the client interaction and communication going, keeps a lot of the content, social media stuff moving, and, and they do a lot of that. And then we do have three overseas members of our team that are do website development, backend support stuff, graphic design. So I think our team right now is at seven. We have it split up to where we have some work being done that's remote. Those people are all full-time with us, so we're not really like very contractor-based, but we wound up splitting up what gets done there. And that's we've had staff in the Philippines for almost from day one, and that's been a really important part for us to be able to get some work done there and some very high-quality people. Uh, frankly, those people also have been good employees. They're very loyal. They work hard. They want to learn. So it's just fun when you have your team spread out a little bit like that, but you can see people grow and working in the things that they want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. You have had a lot of your clients for years. So what is your secret sauce to keeping clients happy? What are some of the tips and tricks that you use to keeping clients happy? Number one is we don't drown them in reports. That's probably the anti-agency approach, but we like regular meetings with clients. Like maybe every three or four weeks, we'll have a, a short meeting with a client, but usually those meetings are based on content initiatives, a quick look at the big picture results and just checking in with the business owners to see where the direction is. You know, because for us, if we know we're coming into this peak and we need to do this or that, or like here, we just had a hurricane. Some of our local clients are still dealing with uh, demand from hurricane products and damage and that stuff. So for us to get on a call and just simply talk about those things, I think the customers continually view us as part of their team rather than a contractor or somebody that's providing something that they get. We specifically take the focus off of lead counts. In the 15 years I've done this, we've had clients that have been like this, but they generally are on a, on an upward trend. We know also that because we do things the right way, we don't cut corners or we don't do gimmicks and we don't run sales or we don't go to suggest our clients to run some crazy offer that's going to get a lot of leads, but maybe not convert. We know that those things take longer. So for us, it's just about staying proactive and, and staying in front of the clients so that we know like what they're working on so that we can offer our advice and suggestions and make those initiatives go better. And that really has made for really good client relationships when we do it that way. And when we get away from that, when the focus gets on any one particular area, that's usually when we have issues with clients because any one area might change or grow or have an issue. I mean, like, you know, you know what that is like if you've like Facebook only or something along those lines, there's a lot of things you can get overly focused on that aren't necessarily long-term thing. So for us, it's about keeping the long-term approach as we talk to clients and make sure that they, they're staying focused on that as well. Love it. And so with all these clients that you're working with, what kind of tools and things do you have in your agency? Maybe like project management software, what's your tech insights? Yeah, I think... Our tech stack is pretty similar. Asana, we have a time tracking one, but the one that actually has helped us a lot, and this was turned on to us by Andy Seely, is um, a tool called Watagraph. And Watagraph is a reporting software and it integrates with, with pretty much any tool you want. So Google, Google Analytics, Google Ads, Facebook, but it also can pick like your email provider. If you want to import your MailChimp constant contact, they've got the e-commerce companies. They've got like probably 35 or 40 integrations out of the box. And what it allows you to do is craft a standard report. And so one of the ways that we We've gotten out of the focus on reporting is by just giving clients a standard running link. It's like, here's your link to your Watergraph report. So if you ever want to hop in and look at your numbers, if you're like worried about it on a Sunday, you just click this link and it'll pull up a dashboard that we built for them. And that dashboard is pretty customized based on what we've done over the years. And we tried to keep it as big, high level as possible. Like here's your overall traffic, here's your overall lead counts and stuff. And since we've done that, we haven't had a single person asked to look at reports on a meeting because we've empowered them to just look at it when they can. And now we don't have to waste time, number one, manually pulling together reports. And number two, we just don't have to talk about it on the meetings because it's like, hey, if you want to look at it, you can look at it. If you have a real concern, we'll spend some time going through it. But we've given you the power and the total transparency to go look at these reports whenever you want. You can change the dates, you can select whatever dates, and it's got all of your activities, all your ad spend, all your stuff right in one place. And that tool has really freed us up a lot to really focus on the kind of stuff we talked about previously, which is just the high level long-term stuff. Then it gets the reporting and it gets that stuff out of the way. Yeah. I love that. I'm definitely going to check that out. The, the great part is like, we had looked at some tools that were like really inexpensive, but they were limited. And then we, we spent a lot of money on Google Data Studio trying to customize that and never could get it to, to function properly. And the cost really started creeping up with that when you started looking at all the integrations. And then we looked at a couple of other tools that were like twice as expensive. So this one, just price-wise, it, it was more expensive, 
but it just solved so many problems and it had so many features that we liked. So that was one of the things that was just a big factor for us was knowing we were going to pay a little more, but, but getting so much more for it. So, yeah, sweet. So Andre, what's next for your agency? What's exciting? What's coming up? What are your goals for 2022? Yeah, we are right now structuring up for growth. We've always been what I would call a smaller high-touch agency. And this year we've added some people and we spent a lot of time training people to get them in a position where they could do more things. And for the first time in my agency career, I have way less to do than I've ever had before because our team is like really handling most of the day-to-day things. And I know a lot of agency owners have done this before. I'm not that smart. It took me 14 years to get here, but we're finally getting to the point where now we have like more silos and more work thing being done. So for this year, 2022, we're really looking to come in and finally scale and start adding some people now that we have some better systems and processes in place. We have some people that are ready to handle that and grow and that sort of thing. So that's really where we are. Like I said, we're ready, I think, position with the jewelers to really get in there. And for the jewelers, a lot of times networking relied on events and things to really get in there and meet people. We've had very little of that the last two years. So we're very excited to get back out there and start seeing some people and doing some old fashioned handshaking and saying hello and meeting people. So. Oh, can't wait. Well, that's exciting. And podcast relaunch potentially in 2022. Yes, exactly. The High Level Thinkers podcast. Exactly. Yes. Cannot wait to listen in. Awesome. So where can people find you, Andre, and learn a little bit more about you or maybe reach out and learn more? Yeah. Through our website, we keep our website pretty updated with everything that's going on. So it's highlevelthinkers.com. All our contact info teams on there, niches, all the things that we worked with, stuff that we talked about today. It's all there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andre, for coming on. Well, that wraps up four amazing episodes of the Agency Spotlight series. A very unique approach to how we want to talk to agency owners and learn what they are up to behind the curtains in their agency. I hope that you enjoyed these four episodes and got to learn so much from these 20 different agency owners. I hope that you will continue to tune in to the Happy Clients podcast. And of course, if you want to see more of these agency spotlights, please DM us, let us know. And if you are new around here, make sure to check us out over at dotandcompany.co. And of course, visit our website, YouTube, social. We want to hear from you. Thank you again for tuning in and I hope to see you soon. Cheers to Happy Clients. Happy Clients.